Hey, thanks for tuning in to Life Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged, challenged, and most of all, we hope it brings you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. If you know, you know. He doesn't need a wig anymore, y'all. He's growing it out. Let them locks flow. Thank you. So I am talking this morning. If you don't know me, I'm Lauren. Sorry, there's a lot of echo right there. There you go. Todd, the uh, wizard of sound back there. I appreciate you. Um, I am so grateful for our worship team. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Daddy Jason was back on the synth this morning. Makes such a difference. I love our worship team. I love every part of it. Joe is out um, working for a couple of weeks, so Matt Bo, Matt Bo is uh, filling in on guitar for a little bit for us. Um, so we just we have such a flexible and such a good team, and then our sound team is just phenomenal. Um, and live stream. There are just things that we didn't think could happen this year, and then COVID, and then we just worked with it and made it happen. You know, I feel like all of us in our life this year, we've had to be really flexible and, and really adjust to a lot of things and had to lean on uh, God to, to give us strength because there's been a lot of moments where it's very unsure, and our church has done a really good job of doing that, and I'm, I'm super proud of Everybody, even like I think about Wayne this morning, I asked him if he needed this silverware bucket, and he said, no, we have to do the individual ones, uh, you know, like the individually wrapped. There's just so many changes we've had to make, and God has been so faithful through it all. You know, um, he has blessed us to keep our lights on. There's a lot of churches that have closed down during COVID, um, a lot of people that are having to lay their pastors off, just crazy stuff, and uh, it, it's just we are in a, a place to be thankful so uh, I'm thankful for y'all. I'm thankful for our team, all that. So this morning, I'm inviting you in to my quiet time, okay? This is the secret place up here, not really. I have a nice, fluffy uh, recliner chair that all my youth will tell you is scribbled all over from my children. They are heathens and like to draw on furniture. So uh, just pretend like you're in, seeing me in my recliner with my kids' handwriting on the side. And I've got a, a pile of books and... Um, probably lit a candle because I'm extra like that and got some coffee and um, just, you know, living in the quiet place. Okay. So that is where I begin my morning every morning. And I want to share that with you today. And I want to show you what I do so that you can take anything that you like and apply it to your life. Because I have seen God move from the quiet place, from my secret time with him and change things throughout the other 24 hours that would have never been changed had I not invested in that. And so um, this morning is going to be a little bit different, a little bit interactive. I ask on Facebook if you saw, I don't know if you didn't, but I ask you to bring your journal if you have one. If you're not a journaler, I'm a writing teacher. I disagree. Everyone's a journaler. Like, go, it's 99 cents at Walmart. Like, there's just so much fruit that can come from that. Even my husband, who has chicken scratch, I can't read what's in his journal, but he can, and the Lord can, and it's good. And so th the thing about journaling is, I'm not going to say it's biblical, but it's pretty close because back in the Old Testament, they would set up things called altars, okay? And um, it was to remember something that God had done, right? So every time they had some huge breakthrough or uh, God made a promise, you know, I was telling Reagan about Jacob. Um, we have a big thing about being first in our house. I don't know where the competitiveness comes from, <clears throat> but we have a very competitive spirit lurking in our house, you know, just kidding. But um, we have to be first at all things. 
uh, first to take melatonin at night. Yes, I'm that mom that gives her kid melatonin. Um, we have to be first to go to the bathroom, first to do everything, first to get in the car, first to say, hey, my mommy, first to hug him. Uh, it's like driving me nuts. And so I was laying there last night. We just had who was first to hug mommy before we laid down to go to sleep. And I was laying there, and I, I thought about Jacob and Esau and that spirit of competition that existed between them even from the womb. If you don't know about Jacob and Esau, they were twins. One Esau was supposed to be uh, second born, but he ended up coming first. And so Jacob's heel came out, and then it got, I don't know, childbirth, got sucked back in. And then, so then Esau came out. He was the firstborn, and he was supposed to have the blessing. Well, later on in life, Jacob tricks his dad in a really weird way. You know, they said Esau was really hairy. And I just imagine Christopher, that's like the closest I got to it, covered in red hair. I don't know. So Jacob tricks his dad and gets a blessing, and then he has to run for it. Okay, and I was talking to Reagan about that, and she said, but didn't he get in trouble? I said, well, God met him, and God said, okay, you're going to play like that. I'm going to wrestle you. And Reagan said, what? God wrestled Jacob? He didn't kill him? I was like, no, he didn't kill him, but he, he gave him a limp, and he changed his name, and he said, one who wrestles with God. And I said, we're like that. We wrestle with God. We spend our whole life working out this relationship with him. And then I told her about, you know, the ladder of angels and how Jacob had a huge experience with God that marked him forever. And he became the promise fulfilled in Abraham. And it, it made me, as I sat there and talked about wrestling with God, it made me think that is what our relationship with God is. That is what I'm talking about this morning is about the time that you spend with him purposely wrestling out what is happening in your life and in your heart and who you are with him. And so um, when Matt wrote on the core chart last week during service, hey, you want to preach next week? Holy Spirit had already started talking to me saying that, hey, you need to ask Matt if you can preach next week. And so it just worked out really good. So um, this morning, I've got my quiet place here in front of you. I've got my journal. I've got a little devotional that I'm going to tell you about, and I got my Bible. But I also have a bunch of note cards. Let me tell you the history of the note card. So um, I've talked to you all a lot about my stepmom, Tiff, great woman, uh, amazing lady. And when I was little, um, she married my dad. I was, I think, two when they met, three when they married. And when she married my dad, she had this huge come-to-Jesus moment where she knew that if she was going to raise a kid, she had no idea what she was doing, but the only model she had was her parents. My Mimi and Pops are here today. They're awesome. And her parents had modeled her that if you're going to raise a kid, you're going to raise him in church. Now, she was a pastor's child, so she was there early and stayed late and, you know, was there throughout the week. And uh, she knew that that was the only way she could raise a kid. And so she turned her life to Jesus completely and began this incredible relationship with God that is, it's amazing. I could talk about it for the rest of my life and probably never fully encapsulate how awesome she was. So when I was a little girl, I would wake up and I would catch her having her quiet time. And um, I'd pretty much mimic her. She'd find a, a quiet place in the corner of the living room. She'd have the lights on low. And she'd have out her journal and her Bible. And she'd have her music on and um, something smelling good. She liked to always do uh, 
In fact, Mimi and I found the pot the other day. It, a pot, you put some water and a little vanilla extract and some cinnamon, and you put it on the burner, let the whole house smell up. Found the old rusted out vanilla pot the other day. But just that, just just smell it with me. You, you wake up and you see it's just like the presence, man. Uh, Jesus, I don't know if we could work this out, but heaven needs to smell like either bacon, Wayne frying bacon, or that vanilla smell, okay? It's got to happen, so... Anyways, just smell it with me, see it with me. And I would wake up and, you know, she would finish up and she'd have these journals and she'd go through them like, you know, she would get the little cheap composition books, the marbled ones, and she'd go through them like once a month. And as I got older, I would like get closer and kind of look and see. And it would just be full, full of words, full of her gorgeous handwriting. And it would be full of scripture, full of scripture, full of prayer. And I I began to learn from her what it looked like to spend time with God. And she would sometimes leave her journal out. And like the sneaky child that I would be, I would start reading them and I would find my name. <laughs> if you're a kid with a praying parent, it's a good thing and a bad thing to find your name in there. <laughs> like, Dear Lord, help me with this obstinate child. Like, how do, what do I do? Yeah, I would find my name in there and I'd find her writing scriptures specifically for me specifically for my sister, specifically for my brother, for my dad. And she would have this, sh this wrestle, this struggle, this war with everything in her life and go to it in battle with God and with his word. And so I began to do that when I was a little girl. I remember at least third grade, maybe earlier, uh, my, her buying me journals. And I started doing the same thing. And my prayers would be hilarious. It, just imagine, Reagan is me, but fearless. So all the thoughts that were going on in my head, that was whatever you hear Reagan say, that's what was happening. And I would talk it out with God, and I'd write songs and poetry, and I was just having this real, authentic time with God. And so I learned from a young age that whatever I was writing down, I didn't have to be ashamed of. I could be real with him. I could say if I was angry or happy or disappointed. And, and then also I could find his word. And, and I began to copy scripture from a young age. Okay, so the teacher nerd in me knows that you're three times more likely to remember something if you write it down and say it than if you just read it. Okay, so there is a lot of value in memorizing scripture. Psalm says that if we hide his word in our heart, that we would not sin against him. You struggling with sin? Start putting the word in there. He said that man does not live on bread alone, but out of every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Well, this is the words that come out of the mouth of God. This is Jesus on pages. If you want to see and know Jesus, he's in here. But in order to do that, you have to spend the time with him. And that's hard. It seems daunting. It seems, um, you're going to make fun of me for saying that word, aren't you? It seems daunting. Last week I said that, and like all week he found a way to be like, was your week daunting, Lauren? I'm like, shut up. Anyways, just let me be a nerd. <laughs> and so um, this is not, this is the most basic of basic things that you were created to do. And it began in the garden. It began with Adam and Eve. Um, the word tells us that God would go and talk and walk with Adam and Eve every day in the cool of the day. In Texas, that's probably 930 in the Garden of Eden. I imagine it was more like four or five. I don't know. Hopefully it was cooler over there. And God would talk with them, and they would go over everything, and God would, I don't, I don't know what God would do, but I, I imagine he would tell them who they were and remind them and, and ask them and take join them, just like we do with our kids, you know. I hate when we get in the car and I ask Reagan or Peyton, how was your day? Good. 
I'm like, no, tell me what happened in your day. Like, I didn't get to experience eight hours with you. You've got eight hours worth of stuff to catch up on. Come on. She's like, I got a green. I'm like, really? Like, there's nothing else <laughs> other than your behavior? Okay, tell me what you learned. And I have to pull it out of her. You know, God wants more than just the, God, here I am. Have a great day. Help me to have a great day and help me not say something stupid. Thank you, God. Okay, he wants you to have a conversation with him every day. And the way that you have that conversation with him does not come from being distracted. You know, um, you ever seen somebody out on a date and one of the people is on their phone and just like totally ignoring the other? Or I don't know, any situation. Uh Uh-oh, I've got a lot of wives and husbands looking at each other right now. I'm not trying to stir the pot, but um, you can't have conversation with someone if they're distracted. And the easiest time to have a conversation with somebody is when you can be alone. And for me, when I can be alone is in the mornings before anybody wakes up. And so that's when I do my quiet time. If your quiet time has to come when the, cool, the kids have left or at lunch when you get an hour by yourself or even in the evenings. Now, one of my books I'm going to tell you about, they always say you can't tune a violin after the concert. So you should read and spend time in the Word before the day gets started rather than after. But I know that God creates us all differently. And just because I'm a morning person doesn't mean that you have to be a morning person. And so for me, that's when I do my quiet time. I wake up, I get my coffee, I have a whole routine. And then I sit down and I make a commitment. And for me, this is a non-negotiable. It's funny, I miss taking some medication that I take every day. And it gave me a splitting headache this morning. And that is what not having my quiet time is like. I miss it during the day. I immediately start having symptoms (laughs) of not doing this, and it's painful. Okay, so I get my word out, and I get my journal out, and I begin with praise. And for me, sometimes that's literally just praying, um, God, thank you. Thank you for this breath. Thank you for this life. Um, I see a lot of hurt around me right now, and I just want to thank you that my family is healthy and safe and, and here and sleeping right now. Praise you, Jesus, that the kids are still in bed, you know, because sometimes they join me in my quiet time, and, and then it's less quiet. So I start with, with praise, okay? So P, we're going to spell out P-R-A-Y. Praise is our first one, okay? So every morning, the best thing you can do to start out is to thank God and praise him for this day, okay? And then you can move on to asking him. Now, if we try to do things in our own strength, that's when we don't ask. Because he said, if you don't ask, you won't receive. He says, you, you have not because you ask not. Are you struggling with patience? Are you struggling with fear, with anxiety? You need to ask him specifically for the things that you need. And he tells you a million different ways to ask it in his word. He let King David be a total cuckoo so that you could have an entire book full of emotions that go like this so that you could relate to somebody. It, it, don't think you've seen and done it all. King David seen and done it all, all right? You can go to that whole book of Psalms and find something to relate to. Um, and if you're even kill person, like my, my father-in-law, Harvey, he's pretty chill. You can just stick with the basics, man, uh, of praying 1 Corinthians. Lord, let me be patient. Let me be kind. Let me not boast, you know, and go through the whole thing. So asking is what we're going to focus on today. But I want to, sorry, pray is not spelled P-A. Pray is spelled P-R-A. So 
Oh, sorry. Not a spelling teacher, just a writing teacher. We don't cover spelling teaks in seventh grade. So PR, repentance. Uh, that's a natural go-to for me because I sin without even thinking about it. So we praise, then we repent. My go-to is creating me a clean heart, O oh God, and renewing me a steadfast spirit. And that's actually the first scripture that I pray every morning. And then I ask with my, with my uh, scriptures, and then why? Yes. Amen. Yes. And that's it. Okay, so we're, gonna, we're going to praise, we're going to repent, we're going to ask, and we're going to say yes and amen. Okay, so this morning, I want to show you how you can take scriptures Put your name in it. Put your family's name in it and specifically pray and declare that over your family. That's literally all I want to talk about this morning. It seems super simple. Why did I take a whole sermon to say this? I could have wrote it in a Facebook post. But it's important because I'm going to give you time to practice it this morning. Okay? I got this book um, beginning of the year last year. And now I told you I'd seen Tiff over and over and over again specifically pray for me and put my name. But I got this devotional. It's called The Watchman on the Wall. The reason it's called The Watchman is because there's a scripture in Isaiah that talks about the watchman of Jerusalem reminding God of his promises for her. And it's a, it's a concept of reminding God of the promises that he's made to you until you see it come. And um, the reason we can stand on that is because Jesus was very clear in prayer. He said that you have to continuously see continuously ask, continuously knock. He, he gave a parable about a, uh, a judge, and a woman wanted something from this judge, and so she kept going to him, even in the middle of the night, saying, do this for me, do this for me, do this for me. And finally, because he was weary of her, he let her do whatever she needed to do. And uh, he, uh, in a different gospel, said it was a friend asking a friend for a favor. And at first the friend kept saying, no, 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 but the friend kept asking. Finally he said, yes, I'll do the favor for you. God wants to see us be persistent and honestly consistent in what we do and what we say. You know, men are like vapors. Our, our words are fleeting. He wants us to be rooted and grounded in him. And there is some sort of beauty in seeking him consistently, asking him for his favor, asking him for his grace. And so that's what this devotional is based on. And it just literally goes through the Bible, takes scriptures, and leaves a blank, like um, Philippians 3, uh, verse 14. I press on toward the goal uh, for the prize of the upward call of God that is in Christ Jesus. So it leaves a blank. And it says, let blank and I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call that is in Christ Jesus. And you literally put in your name, your family's name, whoever it is that you're praying for, that you're contending for, and you pray that over them. Okay, so... Um, I began to see, because God was showing me, certain things that were happening uh, against my family. Um, I have lots of family who doesn't know God. That's one huge thing. I have some specific areas he was targeting Christopher and I, some specific areas the enemy was targeting my kids. And I began to write those down and ask God, okay, God, you show me where we're struggling. Now show me how to fight this. Um, you know, he said our, our weapons are not of spiritual, uh, are not of physical weapons, but spiritual ones that are able to cast down demons and principles and powers of the air. Every day when you wake up, it's not just a happenstance that you lose your keys or you 
um, scream at your kids or you're late to work. There are things that the enemy is purposely trying to get at you with so that he can steal your joy, cause anxiety, and take from you because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so if we are not plugging ourselves in to the source of life and filling ourselves with the bread of life every day, we're going to just let it happen. It's like um, my husband used to coach a lot, and sometimes he would be either smart or dumb, I'm not really sure, enough to jump in with the boys to show them proper tackling techniques. Now, he taught at a little private school, and these were a lot of timid boys. I'll use my brother as an example. My brother is a gentle giant. He is huge. He's scary, um, except he's not. He is like the most sweet, kind guy you'll ever meet. And so when he'd go to tackle, he'd just kind of like hug the guy. And it would just irritate the fire out of Christopher. He'd be like, no, come on. Like, you got to wrap him up. You got to hit with your shoulder. You got to do this. And he'd be showing him. Well, sometimes Christopher would be, again, dumb or smart enough to get out there with them. Well, they have helmets on and pads and all these things. And they're coming at him, you know, 16, 17 years old. And he's in his, I don't know, 30s, I guess. And he, he's a lot more vulnerable than them. But he's willingly putting himself out there and letting them come at him and hit them so that he could show them what it looked like to block or to tackle or whatever. And he would come home literally with these kids' uh, face, what is it called, face mask, on his shoulder. Or like uh, he'd be like, yep, that's this kid, that's this kid, and just covered in bruises. I'd be like, Christopher, you are too old to be doing this, babe, <laughs> stop. You know. And if we are not starting our day with the word and with prayer, then we're just like that. We are putting ourselves into a battlefield and allowing the enemy to just ram us again and again and again with no protection. We have to put on our spiritual armor every day and, and guard ourselves up with the truth. So the truth today is all inside this word, but you need to know that there are specific scriptures that God wants you to have for you, special for you. It might just be for a season, it might be for a lifetime, but he has words that um, the, the, the Greek word for it is rhema, meaning comes to life, okay? So these rhema words are to speak to you and, and to give you promises. You know, I think about my Mimi writing in Tiff's Bible that Tiff was going to have twins, and she had been told that she could not have children, and she went through a lot of years of infertility and all these infertility treatments and a failed in vitro and all these things. And she said, you know what? I'm going to write this in the scripture that I'm praying for Tiff to have twins before the year 2000. And guess what? December 17th, 1999, those two very healthy children came out, Macy and Morgan. Okay. So when we can claim a word and, and speak life over that, and it's not just, you know, Matt talked about being in line with the kingdom. I'm not saying you know, dear God, would you please let Christopher make more money next year? Okay, thanks. Like, I really want a new couch and a recliner so my kids' drawings not all over it. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about seeking the heart of God, you know, and, and seeking the things that he wants. He said that he places the lonely in families and that he loves in Scripture over and over again to give children to, you know, those with empty wombs. That's, that's something that he delights in doing. That is a prayer. That is a scripture that you can hold to and cling to. If you are single, he says, I place the lonely in families. If you are lonely, he will place you in a family, okay? So 
That is his words. That is what we can cling to. That is what we can declare. Not all this name it, claim it stuff where you just throw, I'd really like that gold chain I saw at the mall yesterday, God. Name it, claim it. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about clinging to his word. So you need to work out with you and Holy Spirit, what are the words, what are the things that you're specifically needing? Maybe because the enemy's attacking you or it's just where you're at in life, okay? So this morning, we're going to take some time. Uh, Matthew Bo is going to come and play for us. Um, and we're going to spend some time in worship and in reflection and asking Holy Spirit to show us some scriptures that we're supposed to pray and declare. And I brought for you some note cards if you don't have your journal. Um, my ushers have some note cards and some pens. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, I'm going to put some scriptures on the screen um, for you to, that are just really awesome scriptures for you to, to declare. And so I want you to do, there's no certain amount, there's no time limit or anything like that, or, or you don't have to show me at the end and me give you a grade. That's not how this is working. I want you to take some time to look through your Bible, to look through your phone app, Maybe look through the list of scriptures and find something that just stands out to you. Find a rhema scripture that you can pray and declare. And then I want you to write this scripture down. And I want it to be something, yeah, I guess raise your hand if you need one and keep it raised that way they know. Okay, so the scriptures got deleted off the screen, but I'll go type them up there real quick. Um, and what I want to challenge you to do is to take these index cards, these note cards, and I want you to put them somewhere either where, A, you have your quiet place, and if you've never had a quiet place before, guess what? You're starting tomorrow. Okay? It could be in your car on your way to work. That is a fantastic place to have your quiet time if you're a good driver. Um, but put it on your dash. Put it on your mirror in your bathroom. I want you to take this scripture, and I want you to find a way to put your name, your family's name, whoever this is specific for in it. If you need help grammatically doing that, I got you, okay? Find a way, just not spelling, find a way to make this your word, your scripture, so that you can pray and declare this every day and begin to see fruit in your life. And so what I want to hear after this is what have you seen change when you began to specifically pray and declare these words over your family and over yourself. Because for me, even when I'm not paying attention, God will point out, hey, you're praying safety over your kids? Well, guess what? I allowed this to come to light so that you could, your child could be protected. Or, um, hey, your husband's struggling with this? I uh, created, you know, a distraction to where he didn't have to go into this situation. God will show me stuff like that and, and directly link it back to your prayers are effective. The Bible says that the, the fervent, meaning full of passion, prayers of a righteous man avail much, have a big fruit, a big outcome. Okay, so this morning you're about to step into a, a great outcome. We are supposed to live on these scriptures as if they're our daily bread, okay? So take this time, find your scripture, find your rhema word, at least one of them, and write it down. If you still need note cards or pen, there's more in the back. And also I have a big stack of Bibles in the back if you want a, like a hard copy. Okay, so I will dismiss y'all. So stick around until then. <laughs>